Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging, maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. Verse 14 of Daniel 3. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true? Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not you serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if ye be ready, at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sack, the psaltery, the dulcimer, all kinds of music, ye, ye fall down and you worship the image which I have made. Well, but if you worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who, who is that God? that shall deliver you out of my hands. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said unto the king, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, if you do this thing, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. One way or the other will be out of your hand. But if not, be it well known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against the three men. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat that furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty, he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind them, to cast them into the furnace. Then these men were bound, their coats hose, hats, garments cast into the midst of that fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took them. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, did not we cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said, Oh, true, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose. I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. And they have no hurt in the form of the fourth. It's like the Son of God. If I was preaching directly from this text tonight, I would preach on this thought, walking in the fire. 
but because I feel directed to tie back to our theme that we launched for this year, I just want to share my heart with you for a little while. Um, mission forward. Mission forward. I want you to pray with me. God, we love you. We thank you for our time together in your house. We need your help. We want to live for you. We want to serve you. We want to magnify you. I pray that you'd help me. Let me do your will. Let me honor you. And help us as believers to serve you. We ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you and you may be seated. From May to September of 1787, the American Constitutional Convention had met in Philadelphia to develop a system of government for a new nation. By June, progress had been so slow that Benjamin Franklin stood and addressed George Washington. And the document that I read recorded it this way. He said, sir, I've lived a long time, sir. And the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see this truth that God governs in the affairs of men. The motion, in fact, was to bring local clergymen in, chaplains, to help. And had there been any finances, there had been a passing or would have been resolved for such an account. I will tell you that from the time of the text until now, there has always been a need for God in the governing of the affairs of men. The danger, ladies and gentlemen, is the definition of that God. Whose God is governing? I think you are understanding we need the one true God. We need Jehovah. God magnified and manifest in the flesh, preached unto the Gentiles. We need the Lord. We need the Lord in our business. In my devotion this week, laying before the Lord, God began to deal with me very strongly about the book of Daniel. Contrary to some popular opinion, Daniel is not simply a book to argue prophetic truths. And it is not a book that we use to shape hermeneutical masterpieces. Daniel is a book where we look at those who stood righteous in unrighteous times. I take the stand tonight. I take the stand on the trial of our world. And I tell you, these are dark times. If you know me, you know that I am not cynical. And you know that I strive to be positive. But I am positively sure these are dark times. There has never been a greater need for the church to be the church. 
And as I lay with the Lord this week and I spent time in his presence and I read through and the Lord began to convict me as I read through this story and I looked at this story and I would submit to you in full transparency that when I began to read this story, Brother McGrath, I thought I've read this story over and over and over again. And as the Lord was dealing with me and challenging me, I just continued to pour through the verses and try to put myself in the situation of these young men, these individuals, trying to figure out what's taking place and what's going on because I, I thought I know this story. In fact, I feel like I know it so well. All of us in this room probably feel as though we know it so well. And oftentimes when I'm dealing with a situation like this, it's because the Lord is about to reveal something to me that I have never caught in the scripture before. And I will tell you, I love that. And I am thankful for the deep revelations of the word of God. And if we are not careful, it's what we build our services around and our preaching conferences around. We will find ourselves enamored with the ability to find something that we've never heard preached before. And so I thought maybe the Lord was trying to reveal something and I read it and I read it and I read it until finally the Lord asked me a very sobering question that I will openly repeat to you tonight. The impression upon my heart from the Lord in prayer was are you pastoring people to live a life so they will not bow? Not are you pastoring a church that can have good church. Not are we pastoring a church that can have good music. Are we pastoring people and building people and discipling people so that when they are alienated into a Babylon culture, they will not bow. Four boys that we're talking about here. We've got Daniel, whose name meant God is my judge. But when they're pulled into this culture, you need to know what was happening here. They would be pulled. It had been the exile to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar was there, and it was the choosing. I, I want to I be very clear. I want every parent, every grandparent, and every teenager in the room. I, I'm, I'm, I hope you'll allow me not to yell and be wild. I needed to relay something from the heart of God to some people from this story for a moment. They would select the most talented and the most gifted and the most full of potential, Brother Long. That's who they were looking for. These boys, when they selected them, Brother Brown, they were probably only 15, 16 years old as far as the chronological order. When we try to find those timestamps and they looked at these boys and they thought they have got promise. They have got a future. I preached from this text on Father's Day. Some might would remember and we brought some of our young men up. And I, I talked about this uh, last year, but in this time, they're bringing them in. And you need to understand with me that for, for three years, they're going to brainwash them. They're going to introduce them into new 
culture try to get them right off the bat to eat new food. Remember this in the beginning? And Daniel says, I don't, I don't, we don't eat food like this. And the servant says, listen, if you don't eat it, then I'm going to be the one that gets in trouble. He said, give us 10 days and you see how we look after 10 days. And they didn't defile themselves by putting things into their body that would not please their covenant. And But we see a name change that occurs. He goes from Daniel, meaning God is my judge, to Belshazzar, which means Bel, protect his life. Hananiah, which means the Lord shows grace, his new name being Shadrach. Shadrach from Hananiah meaning the command of Aku or the moon god. Misiel means who is like God. And, and his new name, Meshach, means who is as Aku is. And, and then Azariah meaning the Lord is my help is changed into Abednego, the servant of Nebo or Nebuchadnezzar, which was then even called and referenced as the king of kings. And it was then... And it is now Babylon or the, the desire of sin to pick our finest out and change their identity in front of everyone else. I will tell you that hell is strategically after our young people, yes, but I'm speaking to some midlife and some adults in this room right now because the Lord has revealed to me that while no one knows, you stand at an image that you feel forced to bow to. You're standing at a job you feel forced to bow to. Let's pray together. Throw your hands towards heaven and ask that the Lord would help. I curse every resistance that the enemy would want to bring against people in this room. When I said that, Lord, I felt that chill go through some people's mind and heart right there. I pray for strength and sustainability. I pray that you would anoint your people. I pray that you would bless your people. I pray that you would help us, oh God. While we do not often brag on them, I must put it before you tonight that the Babylonians were gifted. Nebuchadnezzar is considered by history one of the great leaders, maybe the greatest monarch of Babylon ever to have lived. His ability to gather and strategically pull things in and build and develop teams and recruit and put the right people into the right places with the right favor and give them the right titles and put the microphone in the right hand and put the right foreman in the right job and he was strategically gifted building an empire. Some of those that are into archaeology and have done a, any study or history, you can read on the studying and even the finding of bricks and you would read the empires of Nebuchadnezzar and how many bricks were stamped by Nebuchadnezzar and by that name because of the building kingdom upon kingdom upon kingdom through this time, through the governing and the building and the pulling together of people. I, I, I have felt a challenge in the Holy Ghost this week to let us know that there is a work in this hour to strategically bring us into a place where we are lost in the customs of this world and we are lost in the 
purposes of this world. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are even what we, the church, refer to them as. We in the church have made it a part of our terminology to refer to them. Please catch this simple point. We in the church, since you were a child and since I was a child, we have always referenced them from from those names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we reference them by the names that were redefined for them. And if we are not careful, it's going to be a redefining of the church. It is. Ooh, God, I feel the Holy Ghost. It's going to be a redefining of our young adults. It's going to be a redefining of marriage. It's going to be a redefining of identity. It's going to be a redefining of the miraculous power of God. It's going to be a redefining of healing. It is. Where we will focus more. Let me tell you one of the things that has been redefined in the church. Some of the elders, I need you to help me right now. When I was a kid, we sang about heaven almost exclusively. In my 40 years, I've watched heaven go from being sung about in every service to maybe one out of every. Because we used to live for there. But the culture and the custom of the world and Nebuchadnezzar's sly trick and the enemy's sly trick has been to pull in those that are talented over those that are anointed. Is this all, are you okay? Is this all right? I'm trying to give the heartbeat of God here. And we've pulled, we, we've allowed this to be played into the church in such a way that if we are not careful, church has been redefined as a we get together, we clap our hands, we sing along with the ones we like, we don't sing along with the ones we don't know, we might pray in our seat, we might not, we might come to the front, we might not, depends on if he moves on me. Any elder in this room could tell you that's not the way we were raised. We were raised in a way that you showed up hungry, hungry, Hungry for the things of God. And one of the cultures that has tried to creep into the church is lethargy and complacency. That our actions do not matter. That our worship does not matter. The way we, hey, I'm going to talk to us parents. That the way we raise our children does not matter. Parents, I want you to hear me right now. You're your children need discipline. They do. They need discipline. Whether they're just a young child or all the way up to a teenager. Come on, if you live, if they live in your home, come on, just nod at me, young people. It's still the truth, isn't it? Colton, there's going to be times that you might not like it right now when you get in trouble. But I promise you, when you're 30 years old, you're going to call your dad and you're going to say, thank you for when you had to get on to me. But we are living in a world where everybody with a Facebook account gets an opinion. 
and we have, we have modernized chastising righteousness. And I'm not going to scream about it because I don't want it to be clapped over. I'm just going to talk about it for a minute. Christianity is under persecution in America. Christianity is under persecution in America. They are coming after believers. In our legislation, in our capital, and what was taking place in the book of Daniel right here, when there was a dream that had been had and no one could have the answer, but Daniel is moved upon and he comes and he speaks unto the king as the Lord reveals and he begins to tell him about this, this great image and the golden head. How many remember this? People that love prophecy love to talk through this and, and work through this and I love that and I enjoy that. But what happens is we don't know the timeline, but as soon as Daniel is done speaking to Nebuchadnezzar. Chapter 3 says, And Nebuchadnezzar builds that image of gold. 90 feet tall, 9 feet wide. He builds, they, they build this, this. I sat in my living room this week and I, I tried to listen to the construction of that nonsense. I tried to get in that deep place with God. And I tried to hear the clanking of the hammers and the dragging of the gold. I, I tried to watch that thing as it was being lifted there in that plain and in that valley. And I, I tried to talk to God. What's happening? And the, and the Lord said, you don't need a, to see that idol. Look around. They're building it around us. And here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Brother, how here we are, here we are in this, in this time, in this season, in this, in this moment. And what is our task? Our task is to be who we've always been called to be. But you must not have heard the news. Brother Turner, you must not be aware. If you don't bow, There is a furnace. It will not be just death. It will be public, humiliating, reviling. We are not careful to answer you. Speaking to someone from the heartbeat of the Lord and I'm telling you you're too careful you're being too careful with culture love not the world neither the things I don't want to love of the world in my house I don't want a love of the world in my marriage. I don't want the love of the world in our closets. I don't want a love of the world in my children's videos. I don't want a love of the world in their video games. I don't, <laughs> I don't want a love of the world coming across our radio stations. I don't want a love of the world in our relationships. How can we possibly love 
the world and not love the world. It's a different kind of love. And if we're not careful, we will allow this cultural exchange that will You can't really love the people of the world unless you get close enough. I feel like I'm on an island. I don't know how my daughter is supposed to win him if she's not willing to go on dates with him. (laughs) Well, I didn't plan on preaching this long, but I'm... It's in the Old Testament in Joshua chapter 24 where that declaration we cling to was made. Choose you this day. And the truth for every seasoned believer in this house knows that if you don't choose him this day, you won't choose him in that day. If I can't choose him when there is a clear call, how will I possibly choose him when any need not bowing? But they've groomed them. They've, they've taken your boys. They've taken Clay and they've taken Landry. They've brought them and they've said they looked the part and they've brought them. We, we know the names of Shadrach, Meshach. These aren't the only. These are, these are the representation of what they're doing. There's been an exile of these Jewish boys and, and they've brought your boys and they've taught them and they're teaching them how to eat new food and, and listen to new music. Not just how to listen. This is how you play the music that we like. And, and they were intrinsically getting them culture in they were taking the Jew out and putting the Babylon in and Hayden they were strategically making sure that they were influenced by the attire of Babylon more than get Judah out of them and Babylon into them and and they were looking at their attire and they were looking at their hair and they they were looking and you might say well that didn't matter it all mattered to them Because when they begin to recruit those kids, they didn't just want a part of those kids. And you listen, they want more in this world than our tolerance. They want our acceptance. But we're not of the world. I know that's outdated. I know that's old fashioned. But I got to rise to this occasion and tell you we're pilgrims in this world. We lift our eyes. We stand like Abraham looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. But they want, they want Anna. They do, they want her. They want Aiden. They want Isaiah. They want, doesn't matter how much you want. Babylon is in control now. Need to understand in this story, it was not whether or not these boys wanted it. They had been exiled. They had been carried away. And some of us in this room, we feel like we have had no choice in this. We didn't want this. We didn't want that. We didn't ask for this. But the mass, we didn't ask for this. We didn't ask for them sneaking things into the cartoons that would make our children. We didn't 
didn't ask for this. We didn't ask for them subliminally. Putting things into little songs that we thought were we thought they were innocent. We didn't know that they were we didn't know that they were mainstreaming into lyrics that would be playing in our teenagers, high schools and junior hires so that they should be getting high and taking We didn't ask for this. Here's what we're supposed to do. Just sit there and say nothing. Just don't say anything. Just act like it's okay so we don't offend anybody. Let's do this. Let's find our way. Let's get disgruntled at people at church instead of sin. Get behind somebody and, and sing loud enough that they can hear you. They know you worshiped a little bit. And, and if they do something wrong, get offended at them so you don't have to be contentious in prayer and get your eyes on the real problem. I've never preached better than I'm preaching right now in all my life. I'm hitting sin in the face. Here's what I'm preaching, 2023 to Calvary Tabernacle. We cannot be a church that bows our knee to the idols. You believe it, don't you? I believe this. We've got to keep preaching purity to our generation. We've got to keep preaching prayer and fasting and righteousness. Well, I don't want to correct my kids. You've got to correct your kids. Pastor, that's hard preaching. No, it's right. It's right. Brother Grothy, we've got to keep talking about prophets and kings and preaching the Old Testament as much as the New. We got pulpits across America that do nothing but preach grace and forget that, that forget that you can't have grace without truth. You can't have grace without truth. I don't mean to be ugly, but we got shallow pulpits full of peak preachers dressed like wannabe teenagers. God, I feel an old spirit on me right now. I'm not, I don't mean this ugly. But we got preachers so influenced by culture. It's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm. Brother Matthews, you're our youth pastor. Guess what? You ain't 20. Nobody's fool. This might not be a win to you, but as a pastor, personally, I'm thankful he doesn't show up with baggy pants and holes in his jeans. So busy trying to be relevant that he won't be righteous. I don't want you to show me how to be like the world. I want you to walk to the pulpit and tell my kids, you cannot bow, you cannot bow. Come on, church of the living God. We are 
not careful in this manner. We are not concerned. God will deliver us from the furnace or God will deliver us from your hand. But either way, we will not Throw your hands towards heaven and just call on the name of the Lord. right now some of you have been standing at the idol of your work and you feel like you don't have a choice but to bow I've come tonight to tell you you don't have to bow 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 to that career you don't have to bow to that peer pressure you don't have to bow to that relationship you don't have to bow to Nebuchadnezzar's God you don't have to bow to America's God you don't have to bow to this world's idolatry you don't have to bow you don't have to and we cannot carry the mission forward if we're on our knees at the idols of the world. God, I pray keeping over our young people right now. I pray holiness and righteousness and godliness. I pray that they're teachable and leadable. I pray that you would keep them from the clutches of hell. Somebody pray over these young people. I pray over every junior high, over every young man and every young lady, over every high school student. I pray over every homeschooler. I pray over every public school student. I pray over every private school student. It's not about where they go to school. It's about who is their God. Be their God. Be their God. I pray strength into the voice of our educators. I pray strength into the voice of our educators. I pray for strength in curriculum. We got business owners all over this room being pressured into bowing at the knee. Oh, the kingdom of God suffered. 
every business owner, every manager, every director, I pray over you right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would build his kingdom and that you would speak on behalf of his kingdom and that you would lead on behalf of his kingdom and that you would not allow the idols that have been built in the culture of this world to make you employ cultures that you do not agree with and that you cannot embrace and that you will not applaud. I pray integrity into your life. I pray anointing into your leadership. But everybody is bowing. It seems hidden. Seems hidden within the sentencing and within the lines and the periods and the commas. It seems seems hidden in there that they must have recognized other exiles. There must have been others in the crowd that had made this long and this arduous journey that had cried the same tears. Had had the same bitter anguish as they had. How could you be bowing when you bow It makes me wonder if I. There is no harder pressure for the church than when co-believers begin to bow. Brother Sizemore, it brings an empowering and a licensure for bowing. When I see elders that always thought it was wrong, And then hide it under the umbrella when confronted to say, well, pastor, you weren't really clear, I didn't think. You know. You know. We try to preach holiness and righteousness and godliness. We try to dot the right I's and cross the right T's, not getting up here with a hammer and, and giving laws and legislative rules. That's not the goal. The goal at this church is let us serve the Lord. Let us serve the Lord in a culture. But, but if they bow, God wants to strengthen some people here tonight. Boy, I feel it in the room. I feel like I could call. I feel the gifts of the Spirit in operation in this house. I'm telling you, I could call some of you. No one knows, but the Lord knows and you know that there is pressure to bow And God is about to give you, listen, you cannot have a freedom from the furnace experience if you bow before. 
One of the greatest miracles of the entirety of the text would have never been recorded had they just... That's easy for you to say. But what if we die? If you bow, you're dead anyway. Everything you said to him, everything you promised him, Everything your grandma prayed for. There's been generation after generation praying that you might have revival right now. I want you to throw your hands towards heaven if you will. strength coming in the house coming in your mind coming in your heart this is not for everybody but there are people that when you feel the nudge you need to get out of your pew it might be out of your character out of your demeanor just get out of your pew and walk down to this front and lift your hands Just tell God, I don't even understand everything, but I'm not bowing. I'm not leaving you. Not leaving the church. I'm not leaving. I might have some questions, but I got a God. Got a God that I'm going to serve with all my. Oh. God, push back the works of darkness. Push back the works of the enemy. It's against our families and against our homes. It's fighting against our children. Some of you get around some of these young people and pray for them. Some of you elders link up together. Thank God we've still got a church that won't bow. Won't bow for false doctrine. Doesn't want to bow to idolatry. Come on, we're right here in Fountain Square. We got to get the mission forward. If we hit our knees, it's got to be in prayer. It's got to be in prayer, not bowing to the idols of the world. 